Hey friend, it's Angie. I hope this finds you well today. I am popping on here to take just a minute to do a deep dive into a verse of scripture that is the foundational message of Kristen Bathin's blog and ministry. And if you haven't had a chance yet, Kristen was my guest in episode 65, where she talked openly about her journey through with through foster care. She and her husband have been fostering a little boy for about three years now. And she just talked so openly about kind of that roller coaster of emotions that's been a part of that and kind of the highs and lows as they've journeyed that, walked that path. And it was a real gift. Her openness and vulnerability really made me think about a lot of things. And one of those things is this instruction in James 127. I'm going to read it to you from the NIV. It says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So it's talking about two things. It defines religion, pure religion as two things. The first one is to look after those in distress. And the second one is to keep ourselves from being polluted by the world. And we're going to just camp on the first part, looking after the orphans and widows in distress. And if you look at this verse in other Bible translations, you will find the word distress translated affliction, difficulties, need, tribulation, adversity, suffering. So you think about that. If you look at orphans and widows, or let's just put people in there to look at people in their affliction, look at people in their difficulties, in their need, in their tribulation, in their adversity, in their suffering. If you go to the Greek word, the original word is thelipsis, and it means oppressing or oppressing together pressure. I think of one of those tools where you crank, what's the name of that tool where you crank the handle and it just gets tighter and tighter and tighter. You guys know what I'm talking about? The word just puts that continual pressure on there. It's from a word that means to press like with grapes, to press hard upon. It's like a word that means a run or worn track, which makes me think about that place in your carpet. Do you guys have one of these in your house? Like I do the place in your carpeting where it's like in a doorway or on the stairs where it just looks more worn. It just looks more used or older than the rest of it because it's a heavy traffic area, right? It gets this like constant pressure on it. And so it has worn down or worn out faster. That's the kind of situation that this word is describing. This word distress in James 127 is describing. I get this idea of a perpetual state of suffering. I'm being squeezed, pressured, stressed. That clamp, is that the name of that tool? That clamp thing is turning tighter and tighter. I'm stressed by a force that is stronger than me and I can't change it. And what's the instruction for us in the verse? Pure religion means assisting people who are struggling and don't have the power or the resources to move the needle, if you will, on what's happening to them. Sometimes it's us in that pressure place and we need to accept assistance from others, but sometimes it's others in that pressure place and we need to be willing to look around, see that need and offer what we have. I read a couple of sentences of commentary note in the enduring word that I want to share with you. The enduring word is a commentary that I use a lot. And these words were written by Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E. It says, true religion does not merely give something for the relief of the distressed. 
but it visits them. Okay. Here's what it's saying. It goes there. All right. It visits them. It takes the oversight of them. It takes them under its care. It goes to their houses and speaks to their hearts. It relieves their wants, sympathizes with them in their distress, instructs them in divine things and recommends them to God. And all of this, it does for the Lord's sake. This is the religion of Christ. It's not looking at something from afar. It's getting close up to it and investing in it. I'm reading a book right now by an author by the name of Nicole Deese. And if you happen to like her or you're interested in this, or you've read her other books, you might go all the way back to an earlier podcast episode. She was my guest in episode 13, when we were talking about a different one of her books called before I called you mine, but this book is called all that really matters. It's the most recent one. I believe that Nicole has put out I'll link the information in today's show notes. But the story is about, I'm not finished with the book yet, but it's so, so good. The story is about a woman who is a YouTube influencer. She talks about, makes videos on things that have to do with makeup and beauty. And she finds herself one summer spending time mentoring in a group home that assists young adults who have aged out of the foster care system, but they're not quite ready to be out on their own. And so she's mentoring them in areas of like frugal fashion, if you will, makeup tips, confidence, presenting yourself, maybe trying to get a job, you know, those kind of things is what she's mentoring these kids are. But as you're just listening to the story, reading the story of these kids, young adults, it is amazing the situation that they're in and how they are trying to learn and how other people are investing in them so that they can get their feet under them and have an opportunity that's different than the opportunities that they've had so far. And it makes me think about the needs around us, some of which seems so distant to me. I, I'm, I, it's like I don't even, I'm not in touch with them because they're not a part of my everyday life, but they're there. If I don't take notice, that doesn't mean they're not there. They're there. And I need to, as I grow closer in my relationship with Jesus, I need to be continually paying attention to where people are stressed and pressed and worn out and unable to change their circumstances. And I need to be listening for that call of God to offer something that I have that might make their situation a little bit easier to bear. It's tricky. I know. And there are no easy answers definitely, but no easy answers doesn't mean we just don't get involved or that we just give money, but keep our distance. Ouch. I know that's an ouch because there's something for all of us to do. And God is the savior. It's not our job to save anyone or fix anyone. It's not our job and we can't do it. But in his saving, there's this amazing, mysterious thing that happens. God invites us to partner with him to communicate to others his deep love and grace for them and his desire to walk with them and show up and keep showing up and help them in ways that humans can't, but he uses humans to partner with him and communicate that message. I want to be a partner with the almighty God. I want that in my life. The enemy will tell us lies about this idea, won't he? He'll say things or put these things in our mind like they don't deserve our help, or maybe they're in that situation for their own doing, 
Or how about this one? The problem is so big that there's nothing you can do to even like make a dent in that issue. And there's a half truth in all of that, which is why it's easy to believe. A mentor recently to me was talking about a targeted hope. She was talking about when we get a vaccine, like in our arm, that vaccine has one job and that's to prevent this one thing from taking root. Like whatever the vaccine is for, I know a lot of us have vaccines on our mind right now, but whatever that vaccine is for, it is to prevent something from taking hold in our bodies, right? That's its one job. And I think we can view our involvement in the same way. I have one job to ease this suffering in this way, in this moment, in obedience to the one who has called me to do so. And I have to leave the larger problem, the bigger picture, if you will, to that larger problem solver. But just because I can't be the larger problem solver doesn't mean I can't help somehow, somehow, some way, right? I know this is challenging, But I also know, just like I said, from reading this book, it's so interesting just how it's made me think so much of the people that are in my backyard that need something that I could offer. And I've just been praying about that and asking God to continually help me keep my heart open to where he's inviting me to work with him. If you haven't yet, I hope you'll listen to episode 65 with Kristen Bathin. Kristen knows well she cannot fix the problem of the foster care system. There are thousands of children in the foster care system in whatever state you live in, that's true. And she can't take in all the children and you can't take in all the children and fix everything that's wrong in that system. But she and her husband have taken in the one they can. And to him, that's everything. If you enjoy this way of studying, you might appreciate a new freebie I have hanging out over on my website. I've put the link to it also in the show notes today, and I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast because that means you'll automatically receive all the new episodes and bonus material like this short study today. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening. And I pray that wherever your day takes you, you're walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace. Peace.